Ever thought about starting your own podcast? The Maverick Podcasting Network makes creating and running your podcast easy and fun. Visit maverickpodcasting.com to get started today. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Maverick Mondays. I'm your host, Maverick Peters. It is my intention to change your Mondays, to change your week, and to change your life. One episode, one Monday at a time, here on the Maverick Mondays podcast. I've had the incredible opportunity to sit down with some pretty fantastic people. The individuals who are successful at what they do or are extremely positive-minded in the way they live their daily lives Those are the people we will be hearing from on this show. Stay tuned for today's guest. I want to tell you guys about my friends at Rube Adler Sports in Solon, Ohio. The guys at Rube Adler's bring passion and efficiency to the world that is custom sporting goods. They specialize in custom jerseys, team orders, online web stores, and now face masks. With the ever-growing advancements in technology, it's about time the sporting goods industry does so as well, making it as seamless as possible. They work to create a highly efficient way of connecting athletes, coaches, and all you soccer moms out there with top-notch spirit wear. Let their team help your team take the stress out of the clothing part so you can focus more on performing your best. Call them today at 440-248-4668. Mention my name, Maverick, and see how you can save on your very first order. Our guest today on the Maverick Mondays podcast is Dr. Stanley Ward. Dr. Ward is from Tyler, Texas. He has a PhD in leadership studies. He's a leadership coach, author, and educator. Currently, he's focusing on helping high achievers so they can succeed both at work and at home. And we're going to get his thoughts today on what exactly leadership is and how we can all become leaders in our own right with everything going on that is the world crisis of COVID-19. Dr. Ward, welcome to the show. My pleasure. Thank you, Maverick, for the opportunity to connect with your listeners. Of course. So tell us what you do. Tell us what you do in terms of leadership and building others as leaders. Yeah. So I am a coach, uh, which is a little different than like a, a therapist in that I'm, I'm not so much focused on trying to understand your past and uh, resolve past wounds or things of that nature, but very future focused and think about, okay, where are you now? Where do you want to go? And okay, let's help get you there. I, I describe the coaching process as it's kind of like riding a, a two-person bicycle. So you're in the front, you have the handlebars, you decide where we go. And my job is to sit in that back seat and pedal as hard as I can to provide speed and power. And then because I'm sitting in a different seat, to also provide perspective for things you can't see. What's one of the most important things when it comes to leadership and focusing on the future in your experience what would you say is like the most important quality or aspect oh man well this word gets thrown around a lot but i really do believe this idea of vision is where we start i'm convinced that leaders are able to see things that others 
don't see or can't see for some reason. Is it, would you call it goal setting? Would that be, would that fall under the category of vision? Yeah, that's part of it. Um, So I think leadership is about both being and doing. And so sometimes with the goal setting conversation, we're just focused on the doing side. So I get a little, I'm a little cautious there. For for me, leadership is, uh, think of it as you've got a leader and you've got either a follower or a group of followers that are being influenced by the leader. And by the way, the followers are also influencing the leader. Sometimes we don't fully appreciate that relationship. And together they're working towards some sort of goal. And that goal takes place in a specific context and that all that's happening in an even larger cultural environment. And of course, that's where we can get into some of the the COVID-19 and things like that as well. What is the advantage of focusing on the future versus the past? Is there there a negative uh, connotation that comes with focusing on the past? Yeah, that's a great question. And and I am not against therapy. Okay, so I have benefited from it myself. <laughs> so uh, looking to the past and, and addressing those wounds, resolving the unresolved, that's good. As far as the future focus in coaching, one, it's, it's just the nature of the work. Another side of this is, though, that as leaders, we have to be careful that we're not ruminating um, that thing where you kind of get stuck in the past and you keep reliving it in your head and beating yourself up or what if I made this choice, that kind of space. What we know about the difference between stress and pressure is pressure is inevitable. All right, We just live, live in a world that's full of demands and so there's going to be pressure. Stress is what happens when we ruminate on the pressure. And so one of the reasons I try to keep a future-focused uh coaching practice is it's a way to help my clients not get stuck in rumination so they don't they don't have unnecessary stress are the people you work with are the the clients that you have are they are they people that are really struggling and that might be at rock bottom or are they already high achievers and leaders in their own right you're just helping them discover it that's a great question and i, I would say also one i think everybody has the opportunity to be a leader so, um, you know, that question, are leaders born or made? Well, the answer is yes, right? Uh, I, I haven't met a leader yet who wasn't born. But because leadership is about influence, all of us have the opportunity to be influencers. You're being an influencer. It sounds like you have a vision of helping people change the way they see Mondays and the week ahead. And so you're both modeling the way because of the way you're you're looking at Monday and the week ahead and you're casting a shared vision by getting these guests on and talking about this stuff and, and sending out this information. So that's cool, man. You're doing the work. Thank you. So let me ask you like this. What's the most, the, the biggest success story you've had where you've really t- crafted someone into a leader and now he or she does, you know, X. So to me, the biggest success stories are not so much about what the person does now, but really about the transformation that they experience. A lot of leadership is a journey from the inside out. There's a leadership model I like to rely on in my coaching practice that essentially says, you, you might imagine there's three buckets for leadership skills. There are the technical skills, which are about just getting stuff done, relationship skills that are about how we connect with people and how we engage them. And then there are the conceptual skills, how we think about the world and how we 
uh, think about our leadership challenges and strategic planning and, and things like that. Okay. So my work really focuses on the relational and conceptual buckets. And so the successes for me are about how people are able to, uh, you know, the, the COO who is able to now share their voice fearlessly at the table when they're with this, the CEO, um, right? There's those relational skills and perceptual skills of, of how that COO is perceiving themselves. Um, I'm trying not to use pronouns for gender and things like that here. The uh, newly, the new president who is used to being the, the go-to person who finally is able to make the shift and say, wait a minute, um, I can't be the most competent person in the room. That's actually a threat to my leadership now. I've got to be building people around me so that they're the most competent people in the room. That's the only way I can actually get stuff done. Developing an authentic voice, uh, a lot of success around that, the ability to build a team, the ability to get focused on the, the projects, the, you know, for entrepreneurs getting focused to help them build the life for their family that they want versus kind of being in this, this, this mindset where they're just constantly taking work and they're constantly stressed out and they're constantly tired. Thinking about people who were disconnecting at work, they were disengaging and then helping them re-engage in the relationships around them, um, helping people who have been burned and hurt by previous employers, learning to, to trust their new company and overcome uh, some of the things, some, some behaviors that were, again, putting them at odds with people that were really not necessary, but were because, and again, I, I, I'm not just trying to resolve past stuff, that's more therapy, yet to the extent that the past gets in the way of our future, we got to deal with that, right? Yes, there's skill development. Yes, and I've got to work with some really neat people, um, people who've been like CEO of the year and things like that, where I get really excited. And the people I'm passionate about working with are people who care just as much about the people they work with and their impact on those people as they do about their impact on the bottom line. Someone comes to you and they're burnt out, right? Either they overwork themselves and, and they're not motivated anymore or they develop some bad habits and now they're stuck in a rut and they come to you. What is the first thing that has to happen for them to be able to start the process, for them to be able to start to lead themselves and other people again? I follow a change model called the ADKAR, A-D-K-A-R. So change starts with awareness. The first step is to become aware Next thing is to tap into desire. So you're aware. If you don't care, guess what? You're stuck. <laughs> so we've got to think about, okay, what are you aware of? What do you desire to do about it? And then we got to check in and say, okay, what do you know? The K is for knowledge. Uh, what do you know about this thing? So in my own journey, uh, there was a season where my wife's in a really bad car accident. She had a head injury, was lost her job. The lady that hit her didn't have insurance. I was in my PhD studies at the time, and we had two young children at home, and I just found myself being angry all the time because I was just so maxed out. And so what did I do? Well, one day I'm driving down the road, and I had this realization that as things generally go, there's a high likelihood that my daughters will marry someone like me, and I don't want them marrying this version of me. So I need to get help because I don't know what to do. So I was aware, and I had desire, but I didn't know what to do. So that's where I talk about. It. I'm, not, I'm not against therapy, right? That was that was a helpful call I made <laughs> to help right. me resolve that anger stuff. 
then there's the ability or skills. So making sure you're developing those skills that you need. And then finally, R is for reinforcement. But making sure that we create a context for you, habits for you, things that help the change stick. Let's talk about the coronavirus, right? Every A lot of people, I can't, I can't say everyone, but a lot of people are at home. A lot of people are without their regular routine, without their places to go, people to see. And it, it's very challenging. Um, I can I can attest for myself, the first three, four weeks of quarantine was very difficult for me. I, I, I don't know if I'm a leader. I would like to call myself a leader. At least I try and lead myself. But I created for myself a list of daily achievements. It has about 60 things on it. And what I did was I did a little research on what are the most successful habits? What what are the most effective habits of successful people? Little daily routines, little daily rituals. And I I made a list of about 60 things. Do 25 push-ups, 15 sit-ups, practice meditation for 10 minutes, go for a walk around the block, read a book, uh, journal for five minutes, call a friend, you know, little things like that. And the goal is not to check off every single one on the achievements list, but to see how many in a day you can tackle. And I can't even tell you how my quarantine experience has completely changed. You know, obviously the achievements that we're going to have during quarantine are not going to be as big as they would be if we have our regular productive open lifestyles as we would. So let me ask you, Dr. Ward, what is, how, how can we be leaders? Is there more that we can be doing? What should we be doing? Um, is my list of daily achievements, am I underselling myself? Let me highlight there what I heard that I thought was really fun. You've essentially gamified the quarantine experience, right? You, you've created a self-competition. You've got metrics for success. You, you're scoring points by checking things off, right? You've made it into a game. And my guess is your personality type is that you're a driver, you're a doer, and that doing things energizes you. One of the first steps to beating burnout is making sure you are uh, refueling yourself and so you're doing things that energize you. Way to go. And to the extent that any of those things are about influencing someone else, okay, now you're stepping into the real leadership space. So leadership really comes when you take that step from working within to helping other people mm-hmm. to influencing other people. Yes. And that's I work with a lot of folks who are stepping into management maybe for the first time. And that's a common shift. The common shift is going from thinking, okay, it's all about me being the best and me being an example. And yeah, you want to be good, and you want to be an example, but at the end of the day, it's not about you getting stuff done, it's about you working with other people so they can get done, get things done. It's about you working with other people so they can be at their best. That's leadership. I'm sure your line of work has been affected as well. Have the leaders that you've been working with, has it become different? Has it become more difficult? Has it become easier to work with them? Oh man, there have been some leaders that have opened up more, and there have been some leaders who close themselves off and focus just on the productivity bucket or the task bucket. And they, they've not been willing to go into the relational and conceptual. And, and part of that I read is because they have such a sense of threat to those most basic needs of safety and security that that's where they default to is just, just get stuff done and somehow everything will take care of itself. So for the leaders who are really intentional about the relational space and really intentional about the strategic space, and thinking about, okay, how can I come out on the other side of this where both I and the people around me are, are stronger and, and, and better off? Okay, those folks, there's great and fun work to be done. 
and I'm not just painting, I'm not saying, oh, we're going to make COVID the, the ultimate experience or something like that. I'm just saying, no, this is going to be really hard. So how can we go through this in a way where on the other side of it, we're, we're stronger, we're more resilient, and we're going in the right direction? Do you have um, an example of a way that maybe we could do that, that we could um, take into our own lives a way to become stronger and better? Yeah. May I give you some, can we, can we do, it, do it from a conceptual space? Let's start there. Is that okay? Sure. All right. So um, from, from burnout, what we know about burnout is it's not like an off or on thing, but there's really three dimensions you want to pay attention to. Uh, the first one is emotional exhaustion, that just being chronically tired all the time, your head is fuzzy, brain fog, that kind of stuff. The next is just disconnection from people and purpose. Uh, it expresses itself as cynicism. And, and you can see how emotional exhaustion and that disconnection can go together because I know for me, when I'm really, really tired and I'm a little introverted, I like people. I just get tired if I'm around people all the time. Um, I tend to withdraw, right? And I want to protect myself. And then the third piece is that sense of ineffectiveness. Um, that you're like a hamster in a wheel just going, going, going and get nothing to show for it. So... The, the first steps that I would encourage people to consider are, okay, what am I doing to, to energize myself? What, what are intentional steps that I'm taking to energize myself and those around me, right? So that we can together address this emotional, emotional exhaustion piece, because that is going to be part of it. I mean, there's a lot of folks who, because they've lost their daily routines, as you mentioned, they felt aimless, they feel sluggish. Now we're seeing a lot of stuff about people just being worn out from Zoom meetings all the time. Another thought would be, okay, on this disconnection space, what am I doing to stay connected to people? Uh, on the effectiveness side, all right, so how do I measure my effectiveness? How do I understand that? I was just on a coaching call with someone today who is so frustrated with all the interruptions going on because of COVID-19. And finally, we flipped it when we said, okay, Let's talk about your effectiveness in terms of how you deal with those interruptions rather than how those interruptions keep you from doing your task list. Who are the real leaders today? Who are the people right now during the pandemic that are stepping up? And, and you know, you can turn to social media and you can look on Facebook and Instagram and, you know, it's very easy to think that these people, right, they could be authors, they could be doctors, they could be soccer moms, and they're posting, you know, positive quotes or reinforcement. Are those the leaders, or do we have to look a little deeper to find the real leaders in our society? A wonderful question. And, you know, you might even be able to change the question into, who is the healthiest leader to follow? Yeah, so it's been interesting because, of course, there's been a lot of backlash that I've been seeing about celebrities on social media and, and how they're addressing people. Like, there's a sense of disconnect, right? Uh, is they're, they're quarantined in their, their mansions or whatever. So that's been interesting to watch, um, and, and I would say, yeah, I, I think what a lot of those folks have done was well, or the celebrities are well intentioned. They're not necessarily real effective there. Of course, political leadership now is just so fraught with tension and conflict and all this kind of stuff. One of the things that I have been happy to see is how people are rallying around first responders, medical staff right, who are really uh, stepping up and serving their communities. I also think the folks who are choosing to 
go out and wear a mask, not because uh, they're afraid of getting coronavirus, but because they want to make sure that somehow they don't get someone else sick. I mean, that's an act of leadership, right? Because it's about how you influence others. So for me, one of my personal goals is every time a mailman shows up, because I work from home, man, I wave at him and I cheer him and I thank him for his service. When I go to Walmart to pick up my groceries, they're doing different things to deal with crowd control and things like that. Thanking those workers and saying, hey, you really are providing a real service here. Reshaping the way people experience Corona. I think that's where some of the real leadership is. There's a guy named Victor Frankel who wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. Yes. And to the extent that you can help people build meaning in this season, I think that's where you're doing some real leadership. And I think that's the stuff that's really going to help us get through this. Right. If you're faced with conflict or a problem and you don't know how to handle it, it's out of your league. Where do you go? Who do you turn to? Who are the people that you look up to? That's really good, dude. Yeah. And the way I interpret that is, you know, who are the people who are helping me find meaning in the season when I get down? You know, what's fascinating here is the tension between being and doing, right? Because a lot of our conversations looked on task and productivity and being a leader that way. And I, I'm pushing the conversation on how a person shows up, how it impacts those around them, um, finding meaning, which is kind of a being side of things versus the doing side of things. What's the most important part of leadership when it comes to being, when it comes to the here and now and the existence of the individual? Yeah, I, I think being fully present, accepting reality as it is, and choosing to take action it's intentional, meaningful action. So it's being and doing together. Right. So that, that harmony, that balance. Yeah. And so part of the process is, uh, one, getting centered so that you can't, so that you're not just hijacked by those fight or flight chemicals in your brain uh, that are meant to serve you. But, you know, if you're not careful, you can sort of emotionally vomit on everybody around you in some way or another. Calming that space, looking to go, okay, what's really important here? and then taking action on it. How important is that for you or for anyone to associate themselves with colleagues or, or other individuals, role models, in terms of their own personal success? Right, if, if you would take those out of your life, would your success story be the same or would it definitely be different? Maverick, I would implode. This whole idea of shelter at home, for me, is kind of a happy space because, again, I like people, but because I'm a little bit on the introverted side, I draw a lot of energy from being by myself. That's how I refuel. There's also a shadow side to that. And if I'm just in my own head, I'll make myself crazy. Right. I'll get disconnected from that reality that we were talking about. Remember, the first step is to, to get aware, to get grounded in reality. And, and so I need those relationships with people to help me see reality clearly. Because all of us have our lenses through which we see reality. It's those connections with people that help me get out of those uh, doom loops that I can get into and that kind of thing. And that's from a guy who likes to be by himself. You know, you're kind of like the leader of the leaders. What What is your daily routine like? What is something that you can't live without? What do you need to function to continue being a leader for leaders? So there is a commitment to personal growth that's foundational. You, you can't take somebody where you haven't been. And so, uh, man, that expresses itself in so many different ways. During some seasons... It's about a, a regular exercise routine so that, uh, again, I, because I know that helps me process some of those fight or flight chemicals and helps me to be as present as possible physically. 
there are disciplines I have. Um, I, I do usually some form of like mindfulness meditation. I, I read scripture in the morning. I, gosh, every night I bless my daughters before they go to bed. I mean, they're 18 and 16, but part of my desire for leadership is I I want them to know what it feels like to be loved with no strings attached. And so I tell them every night, I love you. I bless you. I'm glad to be your dad. No matter what you do, I'll always love you. I mean, and that was a vision that came really early on when my oldest was about three and and where she's real strong-willed and we were just button heads all the time. And... I thought, all right, what do I want? And I'll get spiritual on you. I mean, what do I want her view of God to be? And I know a lot of people, so, you know, your dad issues can play into that, right? So I thought, man, I, somehow I've got to show her what love with no strings attached looks like. And so I started doing this, this nightly blessing for her. And I said, hey, I love you. I bless you. I'm glad to be your dad. And she's the one who looked at me and said, and daddy, no matter what I do, will you always love me? With the important part of what you do as a leadership coach, which is focusing on the future and not the past and the vision that you bring out in leaders and that you help them cultivate, what can we do as a a society? What can we do as a nation, as a people, as an individual? What can we do with the COVID-19, with the quarantine? It's so hard to see into the future. It's so hard to predict what's going to happen. School has been shut down. Religious institutions are shut down. So many people are out of work and are just home twiddling their thumbs. You know, we're over here in Cleveland, Ohio. We're supposed to get snow on Friday. (laughs) What do we do? How do we see vision through all this? Or how do we have vision through all this? So I used to teach uh, humanities. One of the things I learned as I was going through my graduate schooling in humanities is the difference between a comedy and a tragedy in literature, not that one is funny and one is sad. It's that comic stories end in community, tragic stories end in isolation. So the first thing I would say is, in spite of COVID-19, choose to live a comic story. Once you make that intentional choice, the next steps will become clearer. Family Zoom meetings, reaching out to people that you haven't spoken to in years, reconnecting with those old friendships, telling them how much you appreciate them. If you're a manager at work, ask your people how they're doing and mean it. In other words, schedule some time to actually listen and not just give direction. When you're bugged with somebody, choose to resolve it rather than just walk away. And that's going to be even harder in a digital space. Dr. Stanley Ward, thank you so much. And hopefully myself and our listeners will be able to take away from this episode the value of leadership, you know, what it means to be a leader in general, what it means to be a leader during something like this, during the pandemic, which, you know, might only happen once in our lifetimes. Let's hope. <laughs> right, let's hope and let's hope it ends soon so we could all get back to kicking butt in the real world. Yeah, it's been fun. And, I, and thank you for the work you're doing in the world. I, I, you know, I hear you asking this question of, Am I being a leader? And, and you are. You have a distinctive vision. You're trying to reframe how people experience their week, how they deal with the challenges in front of them. And you are bringing advocates and allies alongside you to help make that happen. So congratulations. You're doing leadership. Takeaways from episode 33. Time and time again. We've heard on the Maverick Mondays podcast the importance of action and mobility when feeling down or unenthused. Dr. Ward, too, encourages us to stay active and connected, even during times like these. Our achievements and accomplishments may be smaller than typical, but achievements and accomplishments, they are nonetheless. 